Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right. There is, uh, you know, there was no way Akeem Hicks was going to return to the Bears, but it doesn't make it any less sad that he's now a member of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, although I will say this. I like that Allen Robinson went to the LA Rams. I like that Akeem Hicks went to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers because if the Bears are eliminated at some point this season, uh, we could selfishly root for one of the good teams. But I think Akeem Hicks is going to go down as one of the, you know, one of my favorite Bears of all time. We'll talk a little bit about that. So much more. Brian Perez is going to be joining us here in just a matter of seconds. So, Sammy, let's go ahead and start the show. Turn up your volume. Your volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast with Adam Ray. Trying to cut it back. Justin Fields making magic happen. There goes Fields. Touchdown. The Sickest Chicago Bears and Fantasy Football Podcast. Sports entertainment like no other. It's going to be sick. It's Tuesday night. You know what that means. It is time for Take It to the Rank. Uh, lots to get into, uh, so I won't waste too much time here. Why don't we bring in Brian Perez, our friend. You know who he is. Uh, Brian, thank you, first of all, so much for being here. We always love when you're able to uh, join us here on the show. I saw that uh, Carmen Vital, she was excited that you were going to be on. We're going to have her on soon, um, but uh, thanks for being here. How are you doing? Listen, it's my pleasure. This is this is uh, a highlight of uh, of my week and month when you when you asked me to be on. And Carmen's great people, one of my favorite people in the industry. So she'll be a fantastic guest whenever you end up having her on. A great Bears fan and NFL writer. Uh, so she'll be a lot of fun for you and, and all the listeners out there. Yeah, we had to wait till she stopped working for the uh, Buccaneers. That was our right. that was the biggest holdup. Once we got rid of that, no, I'm kidding. Um, but of course. Normally we introduce you and you have a lot of platitudes. You've done a lot of things throughout the, uh, throughout the, throughout the uh, journalistic industry. I don't know how to put that, but uh, you're starting your own venture now. And instead of me trying to butcher this, why don't you take a moment off the top here kind of explain to everybody what's going on. Very exciting stuff coming out from you. Can you kind of update us what you got going on? Yeah, I appreciate that, Adam. I- I've decided to go, all in with uh, with a new digital property covering the Chicago Bears called BearsTalk.com. And, you know, I've been very fortunate over the years to have, like you said, a, a few stops along the way. I've covered the Bears for USA Today, for NBC Sports Chicago, most recently, the great people over at the Draft Network. Uh, and, and I've always found that the most fun I've had in this industry, bar none, is interacting with Chicago oh. Bears fans, Twitter. It's all been great. But I wanted to create a a new digital property that not only covers the Bears every single day, the classic news, updates, et cetera, and analysis, but also gives Bears fans a place to actually take control of the Bears narrative as well. So on BearsTalk.com, what we're going to be doing is creating sort of like a mini social network for Bears Bears fans to sign up for. And the coolest thing about this is it's going to give Bears fans essentially their own individual mini website where 
if you want to write about the Bears, if you want to do Bears analytics, if you want to do mock drafts, just cover the NFL in general, you're going to have a place outside of Twitter, outside of Facebook, where you'll be able to write the post, publish it, just like any other article you see online, share on your favorite social media account, and basically take control of the narrative. You know, I believe, Adam, that Bears fans and NFL fans in general have the most passion for the game, the fanalists, as I'd like to say, and some of the best content to read, but the barrier to entry in this industry sometimes is almost insurmountable for some people who might not have the tech knowledge to create a website or the time to build a website. So Bears Talk is going to give people an opportunity to get their thoughts out there and just have some fun connecting with Bears fans in maybe a not as toxic environment as Twitter can be sometimes. You know, that is the one thing that stands out to me that as much fun as we have being on Bears Twitter and, you know, there's a lot of good people there. There's a lot of fun. It is hard sometimes to ignore the noise because for whatever reason, it always seems like there's too many, too many outside influences always coming in. So for us to have an opportunity and I don't want to be in an echo chamber, but I think at the, at the same time, like if we can eliminate like the, 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 the non-desirables and just kind of focus on it, because it's cool to have a place to debate. We know Phil, uh, draft doctor Phil very yep. well. And it's like, we've disagreed on stuff, but we've always done it respectfully. So if there's going to be an opportunity to go somewhere and you have these minor disagreements with people or different philosophies, and I have no problem with that. I think like move, like heading up to the draft. I think a lot of us, you know, we're divided into camps of like, we should draft offense. Some people wanted to draft defense, things like that. So it'll be a perfect opportunity to go out there and discuss it. And furthermore too, like that's one of the things that I always get asked by a lot of people is like, how do you get started? Like, how did you do, how did you move up through the ranks, so to speak, or how did you get to your spot? And for me, a lot of it was like doing local sports, going to your local newspaper, covering high school events. That is a great entryway into not only learning how to condense your writing, uh, being more specific, getting to the point, things like that. But also, you know, back in the day, people would write blogs and have that opportunity. And I think that if you have that along with people being able to craft their own voice on social media, it it's nothing but beneficial to everybody. So kudos to you for getting that started. How, how again, can we find that? So the website is bearstalk.com. The Twitter handle is at the bears talk. And it's exactly what you said, Adam. I just think there's so many talented bears fans, analysts out there, and you're doing a great job on this podcast bringing some of those lesser known personalities on here to showcase their skills. And even when I hear them interviewed or I read their tweets and they're, they're almost stuck making threads. Right. Right. And, and I'm yeah. saying to myself, this would be great content, but unfortunately some of these, and you know, some of these fans, bears fans might not have a place to post. It might not have the time to keep a website uh, updated or maintained and bears talk will give them an opportunity to do that. And it's like you said, sometimes the only way to actually get an opportunity is to create it for yourself. And if you write a couple of great posts using the Bears Talk social network, well, I'm going to take the best ones I read and feature them on the website, retweet them from the, the uh, main Bears Talk account, which already has a bunch of followers. So it'll be great for some Bears fans, to, if whoever wants to crack into the industry, to have an opportunity to do so. And if nothing else, it just expands the conversation. It's another place to go. It's not going to compete with Twitter or Facebook. It's just yeah. kind of our own little club of Bears fans. And like you said, it's not going to be an echo chamber. There's going to be room for debate and right. friendly disagreement. Um, but maybe we'll be able to filter out the Packers, Vikings, and Lions fans along the way. 
filter them out a little bit. There's some good ones, but there's a lot of, of bad ones. I will say this. It's kind of like the Cody Rhodes uh, narrable, narrable narrative, whatever. Uh, if Well, I don't even know what I'm trying to say, but like Cody Rhodes did this. He left the WWE, uh, went to New Japan, Ring of Honor. Re, we kind of rebranded himself, built himself into a big, you know, built built himself bigger. Then he started AEW, got that off the ground, got that to be a prominent thorn in the side of the WWE. Then he cashes in. He sells out. Not sells out, but he he buys in. He goes back to the WWE, makes a bunch of money. This is a perfect opportunity for a lot of people who are frustrated with not getting a voice out there. And if you don't want to write for the same four people on your Facebook page, come out, hang out with the Bears Talk, and uh, get out there. Get noticed. Don't don't be a hot take artist. Don't be so disingenuous. Let me, say, let, me, let me say before we get too deep in the weeds here, that part of the site is still in development. I'm expecting within the next four weeks or so, it'll officially be out there for people. I have a few. Uh, I'm warming them up. We're warming them up. I'm going to be reaching out to some of the guys on Twitter and gals on Twitter to be kind of like beta testers. And then once yeah. I feel like we're ready to go full steam ahead, uh, just be looking out for the tweets and, and messages on, on Facebook and the like. All right. Sorry. I'm getting ahead of myself. I'm excited for people. I'm excited for people to have the opportunity. <laughs> I, hope you I hope you sign up and be one no, of our no. best voices on there. Adam. I'm, I'm not interested, but thank you. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. You know, what's funny is somebody, oh, I wish I could remember who it was. Uh, I followed some fantasy, some, it sounds terrible. Um, but somebody on fantasy, like one of the fantasy enthusiasts, you know, I started following him on Twitter because he's a great follow. I could probably find his, I should promote this young man and see who he is. Um, Cause he's hilarious and I love him. But uh, Britt Sanders. Uh, so I started following Britt Sanders. Britt Sanders is great. And DM me. It's like, Hey, thanks for the follow. Appreciate it. You ever, you know, you never ever bored enough to want to be on my podcast. Let me know. I'm like, that'll never happen. I will never be that bored. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> but no, I'd love to. No, I'll be a, I'll be a part of it. I am. A, I'm a part of Bears Twitter. I freak people out sometimes because I'll just weigh into threads. But I don't think it's a big deal. I just want to hang out with people and talk and talk about the Bears or whatnot. So you'll probably see me popping into random threads and uh, that kind of stuff just because I enjoy it. And we enjoy yep. talking to the Bears. And, you know, Akeem Hicks, let's talk about this. I talked about this at the top of the show. He goes to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I think for the most part, maybe I didn't spend enough time on Twitter today, but it felt pretty positive where people were saying nice things about Akeem Hicks and uh, everybody wished him well. How do you feel about that? And did it surprise you that everybody was so uh, so accommodating, so to speak? It didn't surprise me. Akeem Hicks is is the classic fan favorite, right? I mean, I think uh, we Bears fans saw this, like you said, Adam, in the open. We, we all knew Akeem Hicks' time in Chicago was over, but maybe still held out hope. Oh, I still held out hope. No, uh, yeah, I was still... the summer marched on. The Bears might be able to get him back on a hometown discount if his market wasn't, you know, strong enough. But obviously, it was a ten million dollar deal from Tampa Bay. That's that's not bad for a guy at his stage. This stage of his career, and and they're obviously going to be uh, in the mix for a Super Bowl run. So I think the combination of things it might have been different if he went to the Packers or the Vikings or a team that's no, consistently no. been a thorn in the Bear side. Very respectful fact, to go to the Buccaneers. Yeah, I mean he's he's chasing a ring on a team that really who cares? Like, there's no rivalry. This isn't the old NFC Central days, right? Yeah. So the Buccaneers aren't. No, there's, really... there's some my my. Somebody my dad's age will be upset. Exactly. Like, how can you still, although 
what was it Jim McMahon was talking about last week, like how he loved playing Tampa Bay. So I don't think there really was ever a rivalry. Exactly. I mean, even even when they were in the division, it, well, it didn't feel like it. So uh, good for Hicks. You know, he's one of the good guys in the game. He's one of the one of the fun guys who doesn't take the sport too serious. He, he plays hard and is as committed as anybody, but he's just not he doesn't take it that seriously. And you'd like to see a player like him get rewarded at this stage in his career with a ring. No better place to give it a shot than Tampa Bay. No, I love it. He actually follows me on Instagram, and I always feel like it's a mistake. But then every once in a while, he'll like something that I do, and I'm like, oh, <laughs> pretty cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we'll miss him. You consider Hicks a Bears legend. Thank you, Ethan. You know what? I you know what? I was on um I was on the radio today in Chicago, and I was talking about this. I don't think that he's a legend, like in the sense of like Lance Briggs. And people like that, Mike Brown, Devin Hester, people like that, because, you know, he wasn't drafted by the Bears. He wasn't a true Bear, so to speak. But then I sort of talked myself into this of he chose to be here. He willfully came here. We didn't draft him. He wanted to be a member of the Chicago Bears. And I think that carries a lot of weight. And so my sincerest hope, Brian and Ethan, is that we look back in a couple of years and Justin Fields has developed into the quarterback. We think he's going to be, and we're like, Oh, I wish Akeem Hicks could have played during this era of the Justin Fields time timeline. And uh, so bears legend, baby, he'll get there. I think so. I think the, uh, I think the narrative will grow a little bit. How about, how do you feel? Yeah, I think it's close. And, and I think you can really kind of put your finger on the pulse of that with exactly what you said before. I mean, look at how Bears fans reacted after he signed with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It was it was like a member of your family going off and almost doing better for himself. I mean, the, the fans were really happy to see what Hicks was able to kind of work out for himself. And, and I, I I think the word legend is, is hard to define because the Chicago Bears are such a historic team. When I think Bears yeah. legends, I think Walter Payton and Dick Buckus and Gail Bill Sayer. George. You know, I I... I, I don't know if there is that's the right term, but I think if you look at recent Bears like stars who will be held in such high regard as a bear for life, right? Uh, I think he would fall into that category that the first team you associate with when it comes to Akeem Hicks will always be the Chicago Bears. Bears fans, like his year or two in Tampa, it'll kind of be like Matt Forte, year or two yeah. with the Jets. That like didn't even exist. We don't care about that. Yeah. About for. I think that's the kind of range of kicks will fall into uh, when it's all said and done. Yeah. Very beloved player. I, I think he's going to be uh, missed. Obviously. I hope he, I hope he returns. I don't know where, I mean, it's hard to beat Florida and maybe he's already kickstarting his uh, post NFL career by just, you know what? I'm going to stay in Florida. I'm going to stay in the Tampa area, which I can't, I can't blame him, but I do hope it is fun to see some of these guys who have stayed in Chicago, like Matt Forte still stays in Chicago. Uh, Olin Krutz and the guys on that show. And I think Lance Briggs is still there. Mm -hmm. Some of the other guys, you know, some of them, I think Alex Brown doesn't live in Chicago anymore, but it is nice to see, you know, they, they're still connected to the city, but I think that, you know, when they have alumni days and stuff like that, Akeem Hicks will be welcomed back with open arms as he should be. There's no reason. There's no reason to hate him. It's not like he's not Julius Peppers. Like right. I, I look at Julius Peppers and like, I almost refuse to acknowledge his time. Like, yeah, whatever. Like you went to green Bay. Like that's, 
There's something exactly. about that that's just not going to sit right. And I know that you were a Panther to start anyways, so it wasn't that big a deal. Like, I, 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 I think of Jared Allen more fondly than Julius Peppers. And statistically, obviously, Peppers had better season. I think so, maybe. But I, I think of, like, Allen a little bit more fondly. I put Peppers in the same category as Chris Conti. They were both involved in one of the most infamous plays in Bears history as well, so it makes sense that they'll forever be tied together. But I don't know. I'm I welcome him. What about? I don't know if I've ever asked you this. How do you feel about Allen Robinson though? Because I listen. I'll say this. You probably know this. I'm an Allen Robinson guy. I will be rooting for him in Los Angeles. I will draft him on my fantasy teams. So I'm good with Allen Robinson. Where do you stand with him? Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I'm an Al Robinson guy as well. I think the Bears are going, and Bears fans as well, uh, who were kind of, you know, creating this narrative. And, and maybe there was some truth behind it about Allen Robinson not giving all 100% effort, kind of, um, you know, chalking up the year as kind of like don't get hurt before free agency type thing. Uh, I think we're going to look back at that narrative and realize, you know, kind of like, whoops, we, we may have overreacted to – uh, Allen Robinson's lack of production when he goes out to Los Angeles and kills it. I mean, he's not, he's not going to be a 1,500-yard guy there, not with Cooper Cup, uh, and the role he'll probably be expected to play. But you're going to see him reemerge as one of the NFL's upper-class wide receivers, top 15, top 18 wide receivers in the league. Um, it would have been great if the Bears could have brought him back, especially with how we see the offseason unfolded, how the draft unfolded. Imagine if Allen Robinson was still on this roster going into 2022 with Darnell Mooney and maybe Vilas Jones it was still drafted in the third round. It would just feel different. You'd feel a little more confident in the offense with A-Rob back. He, got, he was a victim of the final 18 months or so of the Matt Nagy yeah. era, and it was obvious from the beginning of the season that Matt Nagy and his coaching staff were going to force Darnell Mooney into that go-to guy in the offense. And if you're Allen Robinson, who's been an alpha essentially since day one of his career to kind of have that type of conflict with the coaching staff. Um, and, and he noted it too, how like his relationship with Nagy was bizarre, like no yeah. calls about the franchise tag, none of this stuff. It just soured. And, and a lot of times what we as fans and analysts, you know, away from the facility off the field, don't realize is that what happens in house inside house hall it's relationships and workplace environment can spill over to how a player performs on the field. So if you're a wide receiver and you know that the offense is being built for other guys, your head coach, you don't have a great relationship with them. You might not give a hundred percent effort, especially yeah. when you're a guy who has a bad ACL injury in his history. You're in your last year. You're finally not going to get franchise tagged. You're finally going to cash in on the open market. Those last six or seven games. I mean, it might've been all about preserve his best asset, which was his body. You can't blame him. And the Bears had a chance to bring him back, and they didn't. So I'm an Allen Robinson guy too. And, again, it's almost like you said with Akeem Hicks. The Rams, I mean, yeah, you don't want to see some of the best Bears players going to the best teams in the NFC, which makes it ultimately harder for the Bears to become one of the best teams in the NFC. But it's not Julius Peppers to the Packers situation. Yeah. He's going to do great out in L.A., and Bears fans should be happy for him when he does. I wish he came back, but it was obvious for the reasons that – the reasons why he didn't were obvious. And I think everybody on Bears Twitter was was asking for him to be extended way before that. Uh, that's they done that? It was so weird, right, Adam? I mean, there was the hashtag extend A-Rob yeah. like, right before the season started. And then you fast forward 
120 days into the season and A-Rob was a bum. I get it. I love the passion of the Bears fan. I love it. I love when I read takes that I think are absolutely bizarre because it's somebody else's true opinion, which is rooted in their Bear fandom, and I love it. But if we're being realistic here, Allen Robinson, the player, didn't change in 120 days. The no. circumstances around him changed, and that's why we saw what we saw with him. He's going to be great out in Los Angeles. He would have been great if he came back to Chicago under Eberflus and Getze and this coaching staff that clearly has a better idea of what it means to operate an NFL organization. Unfortunately, things worked out the way they did. Yeah, that's that's the problem. But there could be an opportunity to get another veteran receiver. You know, we talked about the receiver room and we talk about it at great length. June 1st is tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow. There could be some well-known players available as free agents. I think one of the ones I see floating around a little bit is Nelson Aguilar, uh, who could possibly be a June 1st cut for the New England Patriots so quickly uh, after he just signed a big deal. Do you have a sense that the Bears could be in the market on June 1st, or do you have any thoughts about how that could unfold over the next couple of days? I don't think so, Adam. I, I think the Bears are going all in with the guys they they signed in free agency. You know, they, they, they're they big believers in Darnell Mooney, and I think rightfully so. I think, you know, um, Poles has a, a first-hand understanding of the game that Byron Pringle's bringing to the roster. Velas yeah. Jones, for whatever people want to say about being 25 years old and kind of uh, late to producing on the college level, not many human beings run a 4-3-1 with pads on, and he does. So the yeah. Bears are going to be – I think they're set with their guys. I don't see how a Nelson Aguilar – brings anything more to the roster than what they already have. And I don't think there's going to be, I, I just, I did a, a, a look at the available free agent wide receivers right now, guys that are on the street right now. You, right. you, you scan through that list. None of it makes sense. Why the bear, none of them makes sense for the bears to target Odell Beckham, Will Fuller. I mean, are they really getting any better? Or are they just bringing a name no. for names just for the sake of adding a name? So I don't think you'll see, I think you've got to turn the attention more to the offensive line. I think that's where mm. we could see an interior offensive lineman who maybe gets gets let go after June 1st. I mean, the Bears did this back, and I think um, a few years back with Josh Sitton when the Packers let him go. Yeah. It was like late yes, in the weekend, yes. and they ended up landing a great starting guard. So I think that's more likely to happen if Poles is going to make any kind of power plays at this point. I don't think you'll see it on defense. I don't think you'll see it at the skill players. I think it's going to be 100% focused on the offensive line and bringing in some veteran help if – they're not happy with what they're seeing from that cluster of rookies they brought in on day three. Yeah, I really do believe that they they like the roster that they have. They're not – I'd be shocked now if they traded anybody. I mean, you see – I don't know. You'll probably end up seeing this on your site where people are like, hey, could this guy be – like, I don't think anybody's going to get traded. I think they're pretty, they're pretty content with the guys they got right now. I will hedge a little bit. To say that if there is a, a big-name receiver that they can bring in on a one-year deal like they've done with a lot of these guys, they might explore it. But I really like Bayless Jones. And I'm going to tell you a story. In case For anybody who missed the podcast with Kari Blasengame last week, I implore you to go back and listen to it because it was amazing. He's a great guy. Uh, I was at the NFL Rookie Premiere. And by the way, big thanks to our friends at Panini. Uh, Panini helped put on the NFL rookie premiere. They allowed me to go out there. Uh, now they're sending me a bunch of cards. 
So I'm in house. I'm in. Uh, I'm into card collecting, which I love. There's going to be a new series on the NFL Network or NFL Media called House of Cards. Look for that in the near future. So I was out there. I got a chance to meet Christian Watson and Romeo Dubs. So I sat down with those two guys. And Brian, I got to be honest with you. They were very delightful. I hated it. I hated it so much. Nice guys. Like so, so personable. So nice. And I told them I was a Bears fan. So personable. So nice. I told Romeo. I go, I like UNLV. Like we should not have gotten along. We got along famously. I have a photo of it. I have not posted it yet, but I probably will. But here's my thing. So I was sitting there, and after that, I was mortified that I go, if Valus is not a good person, I might just start rooting for the Chargers. <laughs> like, I don't know. I don't know what I'm gonna do. Cause this will be, I built this up. I was hoping, I was hoping Kyler Gordon was gonna be there because I was gonna wear my Cutler jersey and be like, look, bro, I already got your jersey. I did not have, I don't, I couldn't find my kids have Allen Robinson jerseys. I do not have one. So I went up to Valus and I said, are you ready to be my best friend? And he was in 100%. We had a great conversation. I got a hype video that I'm going to post on TikTok tonight. So look for that. Follow me on TikTok at Adam Rank on TikTok. So I'm going to post a hype video I did with Valus. Could not have been a better person. Love him. We're like best friends now. He handed me his phone and said, here, let me follow. He's like, I want to follow you on all the socials. We did it. I'm in. I could not be more into Bayless Jones and what he's going to be able to do. I think that he's just got a special skill set that's going to allow him to go out there and do a couple of different things. What do you think about him? Now that we're past OTAs, we didn't get a whole lot of it, but how are you feeling about Bayless? I'm, I'm an old school believer in speed yeah. i think the nfl is all about speed because if it's the ultimate advantage that a player who might be raw might be a little undersized if they have speed if they're everybody in the league is fast so if you're super fast like a tyree hill or uh a, a jalen uh jalen waddle these are yeah. the guys that can create plays that not many players can make in the league Valus Jones is on that level of athletic ability. I mean, I saw him up close at the senior bowl, leaving guys in his dust. And yeah. when you see that, you say there's something different about this guy. And it's easy to get lost in the minutia of his scouting report with, oh, the, the late breakout age, which is very big, I guess, in the fantasy football community where yes, the players, you know, the, the and there's analytics and stats and numbers and data to back it up which is great. But on sure. Sundays in the fall, if you run a 4-3-1 and the guy across from you does not, and you have the kind of athletic movement skills that Bayless Jones has, you're going to win. You're going to win probably more often than you're not uh, yeah. in those one-on-one -on -one matchups. And let's not forget, Bayless Jones was a highly recruited high school athlete. He got stuck in some difficult situations in terms of being blocked on the roster at USC, transfers to Tennessee, the coaching was plays. terrible at USC as well. Yeah, and, and then During he finally year. gets a big chance to break out and have a bigger role last year, and he produced. And when he was down at the Senior Bowl, he was bar none one of the better offensive skill players at the game that included Christian Watson, included Romeo Dubs, and included some of these guys like Khalil Shakir and other players that Bears fans want. Alec Pierce was there, other players that Bears fans wanted in the second round. 
Phelous Jones looked just as good, if not better, than those guys on a lot of reps. And when you look at like this whole age thing, right? I wrote about it actually on the Bears talk today. You know, Valus Jones is 25, but who cares? Yeah. Yeah, Christian Watson is younger than Valus Jones, but word out of the OTAs uh, from the Green Bay reporters are that he's dropping passes, looks raw. Christian Watson might not be ready to really make plays in the league until he's 25. Yeah. If Valus Jones comes in right now and is making plays right now at 25, it doesn't matter, right? So to me, Valus is going to be able to complement what the Bears have on offense really well, and he's going to make defensive coordinators – Think a little more because if he has that Debo Samuel light skill set where you don't know when or how he's going to get the ball, but you know when he gets it, you better be ready because he can flip the field in one play. That's an asset. Even if it's just the mental war games that teams can play against each other during the week, he brings that to the table. And he's the kind of player, Adam, that's going to be able to go three quarters, have one catch for 19 yards, and then in the fourth quarter, when it's a one-possession game, get the ball in his hands on a wide receiver screen. He takes a 65 yards for a touchdown. Final box score is 85 yards and a touchdown. Maybe it wasn't pretty to get there, but a guy like Barry Sanders used to do stuff like that back in the day for the Detroit Lions, and it didn't matter how he accumulated his stats. By the end of the year, he was one of the – you know, he's the greatest running back who ever played, in my opinion. Valus wow. Jones well, – well, I'm sorry, what was that? Barry Sanders was what? Now that that might be a sin to say as a Chicago Bears fan. Uh, you just you backed me in the corner here, Adam. You backed me in the corner, but Barry Sanders is. You mean since since Walter Payton? Let me say this. Let me let me oh let me God. let me preface no, no, no. and let me no, condition no, no. my statement. That's not. I don't want this to be my last age, time on the show. My my <laughs> the era of football that I can say that really was um, the formative years of my football right. fandom was toward the end of Walter Payton's career. Right. And I was able to experience the entire Barry Sanders career. So that's true. You know, I'm, you know, it's, it's funny about that. Um, (laughs) No, no, no. I, I, I'm in the same boat. Like, it's like, ah, like I wasn't, I wasn't at an age to appreciate Walter Payton and all of his, and all of his glory, so to speak. Same thing with like watching Magic Johnson or somebody like that. But yeah, like you, 90s football, like Barry Emmett, Ricky Waters. Chris Warren was a great running back too for Seattle. Um, seeing those guys, so I've seen that era on. You know who the guy that I like the best uh, of that era? And I think that we've talked about this on a take it to the rank at one point. And I want everybody who's listening, who's paying attention now, just tell us uh, non Walter Payton, uh, who is your, we, I know we've done this before, but let's do it again. Because I think it's fun. Because uh, I'm going to tell everybody, Ladanian Tomlinson's my guy. Because he's he's the most like Walter, with running style, ability, the ability to catch the ball out of the backfield, uh, the ability to throw the ball, with everything like that. I would, I I love Barry Sanders, but I would actually have taken if I choosing between the two, I would take Ladanian Tomlinson. I, 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 I apologize in advance, Bears fans. Sure. But you're I, arguing, but when you're when you're arguing Hall of Fame, uh, exactly. Like it's, I mean, I, I it's mean. like uh, like if I'm up here, like Chris, like like you can be like Chris Warren was a good player, but like to be like Chris Warren was better than Barry Sanders, like nobody's going to take that seriously. Correct. When you're That's arguing right. Hall of Famers, you're arguing Hall of Famers. Um, I had some other point in there too, and I missed it. Oh, you know what? It reminds me. One of Barry Sanders' most famous runs was in that 1991. 
NFC divisional playoff game against the Dallas Cowboys. And it's the one where he runs through everybody. Tony yep. Casillas gets turned yep. backwards. That's like a 60 some odd yard run. He finished with 80 yards in that game. Right. Like they smoked the Cowboys, but Barry Sanders wasn't doing anything. And then Wayne Fonta just kept him in the game. And then he gets that huge run. And then everybody just assumes that Barry Sanders ran for 200 yards in that contest and smoked the Cowboys on his own. You're like, yeah, that was kind of like, that was a pile on. That was a chair shot after the guy was unconscious. Um, but that was like, what, was amazing, what was amazing to me in that era, what Barry was, you wonder, you know, the big debate was Barry Sanders versus Emmett Smith, who's better. And when you look at the offensive line that Emmett Smith played behind during that era compared to what Barry Sanders played behind, you just, you know, it's classic old school football conversation. Like what would Barry have done in that situation? If, if, if he was on Dallas, what, what would his stats have looked like if he wasn't touched until he was six or seven yards past the line of scrimmage? I mean, scary thought. But kind of circling back with Valus Jones, I mean, obviously we're not saying Valus Jones is going to be the Barry Sanders of wide receivers. That would be. I think that's the takeaway. Eric Lambert's already writing the headline. <laughs> I like Eric. Don't don't Listen, people. I'm I'm teasing. I don't know. I don't know him, but I get the joke. Um, so I would say that you know Valus is going to have that kind of element that the Bears didn't have and haven't had in a long time. Maybe Devin Hester was the closest guy who would be able to give opposing coaches nightmares because if he touches the ball it could be over and and we'll see i mean maybe Velas is all speed and nothing else but the movement skills he showed down at the senior ball when you watch his film he's a 4-3-1 guy with pads on and there's a lot of track guys who run 4-3-1 in a t-shirt and shorts and aren't really that speed yeah when, when they're on the field Velas jones is that speed and we're gonna see i mean when you watch a guy like tyreek hill and the way he runs away from players on the field right he runs away from defensive backs you're going to see moments like that from Bayless Jones this year. How often? I don't know, but you're yeah. going to see moments like that from him. Yeah. Oh, by Oh, sorry, Sammy. Sammy. I, I was just thinking in my mind, I'm like, Oh yeah, we should be probably taking more questions. And then Sammy was there on the spot. Like take questions, rank, stop doing this. Uh, let's have some questions. Look, what do we got? Uh, smiling cashews. I don't know what that means. And I'm probably going to hate myself when I look up and figure that out. But Brian, uh, which bear besides Blazing Game uh, you feel is the most under the radar this coming season? Maybe Tommy. By the way, I love now that I've I've made everybody call him Tommy Graham. It's my it's one of my favorite things. Uh, but who do you think is one of the most under the radar guys for this coming season? To me, this is a pretty easy call here, and and I think it's Khalil Herbert, the running back. Ooh. Um, and it's not because uh, it's not a knock on David Montgomery. But I think what we're seeing with the Chicago Bears right now is that it's going to be a meritocracy in 2022. Whoever the best player is for the system and for the program moving forward, that's who's going to play. You see with Jalen Johnson running with the twos and OTAs, I don't like Eberflus said, don't read too much into it. And I agree. It's probably all about nothing. Just get your conditioning, your wind up, learn. You got to get in the flow since you weren't, he wasn't there for the other sessions. Yeah. But Khalil Herbert, He's a dude, and he yeah. is tailor-made for Luke Getze's offense. And, you know, that one cut and go, put your foot in the dirt and get upfield. Montgomery's a little – Montgomery can do that too, obviously. He's a little bit more of a yeah. dancer, though. Um, he can make guys miss. I think he's, like, sometimes a little more active than effective as a runner. Mm-hmm. Khalil Herbert's no nonsense. And if you get a guy who's one cut and go, five and a half, six and a half yards every time he gets the ball – 
and he still has a couple years left on his rookie contract, you could see him carve into David Montgomery's workload a little more than we're projecting right now. And this is coming from a guy who had David Montgomery as RB1 in his draft class ahead of Josh Jacobs, Miles Sanders, the other guys that were in that draft class. I had Montgomery even before he was a bear. I thought he reminded me a lot of old school, another old school reference, Adam, a lot of Jamal Anderson with the Falcons. I thought he had that kind of a skill set as a player. We're starting to actually see that come to fruition a little bit when he's healthy and the way he started last year, at least. Um, But when you have players on expiring contracts, we see this all the time in college football. Yeah. Seniors sometimes lose playing time to underclassmen when a new coaching staff comes in because they don't really, they're not really worried about his recruit. Yeah, exactly. And if you look at David Montgomery, he's going to be an unrestricted free agent at the end of the season. I wrote an article on the bears talk yesterday, giving all the reasons why, and maybe the factors going against Montgomery getting another contract. One of the factors going against him possibly getting a second deal in Chicago is Khalil Herbert. And if he proves he's at least just as good, Montgomery's the sand is running through the hourglass here. We're going to watch the end of the Montgomery era. Can David Montgomery earn a second contract by proving he's one of the best running backs in the NFC, which I think he is. Of course, can he get that second contract? That's kind of a rarity at running back because he ascends as a leader in this new program. I think that's an extremely likely possibility, but Khalil Herbert is the one guy who can knock that off track. When, when Montgomery was out last year, Khalil Herbert looked like the best rookie running back in the league, better than Najee yeah. Harris, better than anybody else. Any first year back, he was a complete surprise star for in a lot of the games he played. That's not just that's just not going to disappear this yeah. year. And the coaching staff has already sung his praises. So I think we're gonna, you know, we're kind of getting lost in the shuffle here of who's gonna emerge as that second pass rusher, who's gonna win. You know, the, 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 the defensive backs, there's some position battles there. Right guard, who's going to start a right guard? The Justin Fields, the wide receivers. Don't sleep on the running back uh, rotation yeah. this season. And don't be surprised if Herbert kind of disrupts the Montgomery party a little bit. You know, it's funny. Uh, he did so well, and then David Montgomery returned, and then Matt Nagy never put him back in. Yep. He just, he just went away from him. I thought, like, I remember saying this analyzing it on the fantasy show like this could actually like you guys are in trouble if you have david montgomery i'd be hesitant to start him because i don't think he's going to return and get 20 some odd carries and then he did just that and you're like okay that makes a lot of sense man here's my thing is last year i think a lot of people would recognize that aaron jones is a very good running back catches a lot of the balls out of the backfield very productive one of the best running backs in the game aj Dillon in getsy's offense still had 800 rushing yards with Aaron Aaron Jones doing as well as he did. The thing of it is, though, to me, I feel that A.J. Dillon and David Montgomery are probably more aligned than people want to want to imagine. Like, if you think about explosive plays and their style of running, both of those guys are just bulldozers yep. that just get a lot of, you know, they're great. They're great players. And I think Khalil Herbert kind of, kind of, is more Aaron Jones, you know, in a sense that if that's the way, if this if this coaching staff's walking in, looking at it completely, I I think both are good, and I know that some people disagree with this, and they and I love David Montgomery. I think David Montgomery's probably better than AJ. He is better than AJ Dillon, but but I see that I I see both of them eating in this offense, and especially with the lack of big name wideouts 
that it could be something where both those guys are catching balls out of the backfield. Then we got a third round with third round. No, fourth. No, we drafted another running back too. Who's going to factor in as well. So there's a lot of, there's a lot of things. I agree with you. I think the running back position is going to be very interesting uh, this season. All right. How about another question, Sammy? Unapologetic truth. Uh, why not have a one-two punch? Uh, why trade one of your best running backs when you can punch people in the mouth? I think this is exactly what we're talking about. Like, I think we have, I think we would have one of the best one-two punches in the NFL if I'm thinking about this correctly. How about you? Yeah, you know, kind of circling back to Cleo Herbert. If you go back, I don't know, maybe eight to ten years. I don't know how far back Alfred Morris on the Washington. Then yeah. the Washington Redskins. If you go back and watch his career arc, I mean, he, I believe he was a sixth round pick too. Yep. Nothing super spectacular about the way he would run with the football, but one cut and go in that zone running scheme. I believe Shanahan might've been his coach back then. I think so. Yeah. Uh, and guys like that thrive in systems like this. And you find those, those star guys that come out of the, you know, Terrell Davis back in the day, one cut and go. Those are the guys that this system really is tailor-made for. So just, yes, circle. Montgomery to me, A.J. Dillon might be what, Quadzilla or whatever he calls himself. Yeah. Montgomery runs a lot harder than him. And totally. I, that's why I think Bears fans, you know, he's kind of got like, he's like a Marion Barber plus type of runner. That's a um, good call, yeah. And But yeah, if you can have a one-two punch in today's game, and it really got to call it a one-two-three with Justin Fields too, because yeah, you know, he's going to get his, he's going to eat on the ground as well. Right. Um, so just contractually though, like the Packers did something unique. They actually gave Aaron Jones money they with AJ him. Dillon on the roster. Are the bears in a position to do that with Montgomery at the end of the year? We'll see. I wrote that the, the, the headline of the article I wrote on bears talk was that David Montgomery controls his destiny in Chicago. And it's a great position to be in as a player if you can control your own destiny. He's going to be the starting running back. He's going to basically be the heartbeat of the offense to start the year. And if he proves he is one of the best all-around runners in the NFC, this is a moot point. He's going to come back probably on a contract like you saw Leonard Fournette sign three years, $21 million. James Conner signed a three-year, $21 million deal to go back to Arizona. Maybe yeah. you bump it up after a year, three years, $24 million. You could see Montgomery getting a deal in that range, maintaining his spot as a team leader. And Khalil Herbert is kind of just stuck. He's blocked on the roster, and he'll have greener pastures in the future. But, yes, like it's a long season. We saw David Montgomery last year missed four games, and that's exactly why Khalil Herbert was so valuable. So if you do have a one-two punch in, the, in, in, in over the 17 games now that they play in the league, it's an asset. But, like, you know – this is a storyline that's not going away. You know, the yeah. extend a Rob talk last year, this time is kind of like a much smaller scale. People want Montgomery to get that second deal deal. Once we get to October, November, this is really going to bubble up, especially if he's doing really well, bears fans are going to want him back. Ryan Poles might not think it's good business to give a second contract to a running back. So circle this one around the mid season mark. It's going to bubble up. Yeah. And if he signed a three-year deal, you know, that would certainly mirror the final three years of Justin Fields' rookie contract. You talk about the the hundred million that the team's gonna have in cap space. You might be able to indulge yourself a little bit. If you think about it, like let's say this Bears team plays very well, especially in the secondary. Let's say the secondary plays well. 
And you got guys like Tommy Graham, Jalen Johnson, uh, Kyler Gordon, um, the uh, the Penn State safety. Brisker. Um, Brisker. Like, if all those guys are still on rookie contracts for a long time and they're cornerstones of your defense, like, you might be able to afford an extravagant piece. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Like, it's like, you know, like, I, I do this now. When I go to baseball games uh, and I take my – although my daughter does eat a lot of food and we go there. But, like, I I go now as a father and I don't – and I'm not, like, spending 120 bucks on alcohol – I'm like, why don't we just buy better tickets? Because I'm not spent, you know, I'm moving that money around. You know what I'm saying? Of course. Is that stupid? Is that a, I don't know. I get it. I get it totally. But you understand. Like, yeah, yeah. Cool. Like normally we would pay like $8 to walk into the stadium, spend 200 bucks on booze. And now it's just reversed. Like we're just going to get really nice tickets, not spend, a, not spend a dime at the concession stand and do it like that. So the Bears could have some discretionary income uh, for David Montgomery. And I agree with you. That'll be something that we need to watch play out. All right, let's get another question in here, Sammy. Uh, Skeet Dog, what's up, buddy? Uh, ESPN NFL Live, they gave the Bears a five percent chance to win the North. Really, what are your thoughts on the North division? Um, I don't know. I mean, how close are we to, to winning the North? Personally, I don't think it's as far away as, as these pundits are saying. I mean, okay. the Green Bay Packers wide receiver depth chart is worse than the Bears. What? You're not allowed to say that. I mean, I said it. Alan I Lazard got, listen, is... You, that's one thing what? I've learned on Twitter is the minute you attack Green Bay, they have a very strong army of fans. So I'm calling all Bears fans out there. Where have you guys been, clowns? Right. It like, was, you know, bro, Bears, you guys... Darnell Mooney would be their their number one guy, right? And Far and I away. Byron, Byron Far Pringle away. is... I take Byron Pringle over Sammy Watkins at this point in their careers. Uh, so Absolutely. I don't think the Bears. I don't think who is you know, who's Aaron better Rod- when they play together. Sorry, sorry. exactly. All right, Aaron Rodgers is obviously the X factor, and that's why Green Bay will always be at the big, at, you know, in the pole position at the start of the season. Detroit yeah. Lions are a team that we've seen many, many times before. You know, the Cleveland Browns of a couple of years ago, the team that everybody thinks is turning that corner, and they're going to be that surprise team in the following season. But Jared Goff is still the quarterback. <laughs> They're not winning anything with Jared Goff. No. To me, the Minnesota Vikings are still a scary team. You know, Kirk Cousins isn't a great quarterback, but he's NFL average to slightly above average, which is an, is is a commodity these days. They have great skill players on offense. Their defense is strong. They're the team that I think is a dark horse to actually win the division, but they're not like leaps and bounds ahead of the Bears. I think the biggest thing that, especially this time of year, when people are projecting who, how many games teams are going to win, who's going to win the division. I'm doing, by the way, I'm I'm doing that this week for the NFL network. Filming it. We'll release it later, but yeah, I understand where you're going here. It's really hard to project the unknown. Right. And, and I mean, I mean, the whole process, I guess, is projecting the unknown. You're predicting the future, but yeah. Filtering down to the bears. There are so many unanswered questions about this bears team. Is Justin Fields going to take the next step? Will Darnell Mooney actually be a wide receiver one? And are there going to be enough complementary pieces around him? Is Tevin Jenkins and Larry Borum a legitimate starting offensive tackle duo? Is Ibrahim and Getze going to get it right? Who's going to be the next pass rusher? There's all these questions that if you're just going to bet the odds, you're going to say this is not going to be a good team. But Bears fans who study this roster more intently and have 
picked apart every player that's been added, every player that's been drafted. You see there's quality talent. I mean, there's yeah. talent on this roster that just hasn't had that opportunity to be showcased yet. And the response is, well, that maybe it's because they're not that good, right? If they were, if Byron Pringle was that good, he would have been starting at some point. Equanimous St. Brown was that good. He would have been playing for the Green Bay Packers if he was able to stay healthy. I get all that. Yeah. But every season is a new year. I mean, it literally is a fresh start. You see breakout stars emerge out of nowhere. And at the end of the day, if you look at Ryan Poles' moves and what he's done this offseason, he's added good size and really good speed at almost every position he has signed, that he's signed. Two traits you cannot coach. You either have size and speed or you don't. Those are traits that a good coaching staff, a competent coaching staff, can build off of and build around. And we'll see. I don't think the Bears are only a 5% chance away from winning the North. I would say it's less than 50% simply yeah. because Justin Fields is only a second-year quarterback. And regardless of what we think he can become, he's still only a second-year quarterback. However, Joe Burrow and the Bengals this time last year had the worst offensive line of football, a quarterback coming back from a torn ACL. Jamar Chase couldn't catch anything yeah. in training camp. He was, he was a bust already. Yeah. He was a bust. They were not supposed to be the Cincinnati Bengals. They were not supposed to make a Super Bowl run, and we see how that worked out. Joe Burrow is a special player because of the senior season he had at LSU and now the magic he's recreating here in the NFL. Justin Fields has just as high of a pedigree as a high school recruit, a star at Ohio State, a high first-round pick. There's no reason to think he cannot become a Joe Burrow type of quarterback in the NFL and last year is a redshirt year for Justin Fields with the mess that right. was Matt Nagy and everything that we saw get tossed at the end of the season. I mean, the entire staff and organization uh, front office was let go. Yeah. So to say 5% chance, those same experts were probably saying 5% chance the Bengals won the AFC North or made a oh. Super Bowl run or made the Super Bowl. So for yeah. Bears fans, I would say that's great. It's great fodder. It's great offseason content. But the reality is this team is going to have a fighter's chance in the NFC North because the other teams are just not that good. No, I agree with you. And we were doing we 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 made this joke on Total Access one day where we were talking about the uh, after the schedule release potential Super Bowl matchups. I made them put in the the Bills Bears game, and Willie McGinnis is like, "Why is this game here?" And I'm like, "Well, the Bills are good. Like people think the Bills are a good team. Like why wouldn't you put them there? You know, yeah, having a little bit of fun with it." But I said this, and actually I'd forgotten to say this, and then David Carr said this because he's like, you said in the meeting, like if somebody would have came out at the end of last or the at schedule release for 2021, and they said my my Super Bowl prediction is Rams Bengals, people would have thought you were just a lunatic. Nobody would have taken you seriously. Everybody would have been super dismissive. The big thing is, and what you mentioned was that Joe Burrow was the biggest X factor because we didn't quite know what Joe Burrow could become. We didn't know like that. What is, we don't know. This guy is a, a unmolded blob of clay that could be molded into something huge. Whereas Kirk cousins is who he is. He's not changing. He's the, the Michelob ultra of NFL quarterbacks. Like it's fine. It's fine. If you're in a pinch, I'm not going to, I'm not going to be repulsed by it. But it's also not my first choice. Jared Goff is actually worse than that. 
and I don't know what it is. Whenever whenever people start talking about how the Lions can make a, a leap, I'm like, what do you like? What is it about? Like he could not get it done with Sean McVay. Sean McVay gave up on him, but Dan Campbell's the guy who's going to get it done. Like I'm not into that. I don't I don't subscribe to that theory at all. It, it's definitely it's it's strange that um, these analysts can project a quality season from Detroit with Jared Goff and his main receivers essentially are a rookie who was drafted and turned into a surprise last year. And I'm on Ross St. Brown. He, yeah. Very good player slipped in the draft and he actually had a really good year. Jamison Williams has a bum knee. He's coming off a bad surgery, a bad knee injury in January. He'll probably be back at some point, but it's going to, whatever returns they get from him this year are going to be, Icing on the cake. He'll be a 2023 and beyond guy. Yeah. They signed a couple guys in free agency, but DJ why, are we ex- why are we expecting more from Jared Goff and his cast of skill players that is underwhelming than we are from Justin Fields and his cast of skill players yeah. that are kind of in the same range? I'm on run I'm on Ross St. Brown, Darnell Mooney, you know, DJ Chark, Byron Pringle. I mean, there's not a lot of separation there between the offensive skill players, DeAndre Swift, you know, David Montgomery, Cole Komet, TJ Hawkinson, Jerry Goff stinks. Justin Fields has so much more to offer an NFL offense as a guy who can, that the team can win a game because of not in spite of the Lions will win games in spite of Jerry Goff. And to yeah. me, that's never a team that's going to compete for a division or a playoff run. So it's, you know, but I don't know about you, Adam, but it feels like this offseason has been extra, like, vicious for the anti-Bears narrative. And I don't know. Absolutely. People, I don't know if it's because, you know, the experts and analysts and even the beat writers in Chicago were all predicting with this level of boldness and almost arrogance that this is what the Bears are going to do this offseason, right? They're going to sign a wide receiver. They're yeah. going to draft a wide receiver. Trust us, we know more than you, Bears fans. This is what they're going to do. And when the Bears actually didn't do that, the only way to kind of save the egg on your face, for lack of a better term, is to just be hypercritical of the decisions they actually did make. But if you take a step back, nobody cares if you got the predictions wrong. Nobody cares if your mock draft or mock free agency was wrong. Who cares? Let's look at what the Bears actually did in the draft they built what could become one of the top secondaries in the NFC if these guys pan out. Mm-hmm. Eddie Jackson and Jaquan Brisker as safeties, Jalen Johnson, Jalen Johnson, Kyler Gordon at cornerback. Like that's almost like playing chess because when the Bears went into draft weekend, we all remember the secondary was one of the biggest question marks. Yeah, Who's starting sure. opposite Jalen Johnson? Who's starting opposite Eddie Jackson? Not only did they fill those voids in the draft, but they filled them with players who are better prospects at their position than the wide receivers would have been that the Bears could have drafted at that spot. They sign a Byron Pringle, a David Moore, Quantumus St. Brown, and free agency. Oh. They draft Valus Jones in the third round. None of the guys that were projected by the experts and the beat writers went to the Bears. So, yeah. of course, you know, self-preservation kicks in. And it's time to criticize the Bears because they obviously got it wrong. It seems to me like there's been a lot of this group think 
uh, kind of invading the assessment and analysis of the Bears this offseason. When if you take a step back, football is played between the white lines. And if your guys are bigger, stronger, and faster, you have a chance to win every single game. And those are the guys polls added this year. Whether analysts like it or not, those are the guys that have been added to this team. David Moore a few years ago, I'm sure you remember, Adam, he yeah. looked like he could be a player in Seattle. Love him. He Absolutely love him, yeah. You know what? He signed with the Carolina Panthers, and as, as it happens so often, one bad decision on a person's career trajectory can change everything. The Carolina Panthers, wrong place, wrong time, wrong yeah. situation, and he's had to kind of recreate and reinvent himself. And fortunately for him, his offensive – one of the coaches that were with him in Green Bay last year – Getsy Price said, this dude can play. Bring yeah. him here. He can play. So um, I don't know. I, I Like I said, Adam, when I started on this, this rant, uh, it just seems to me like the criticism has been harsh. Before yeah. these guys even had a chance to play one preseason, before training camps even kicked off. It's like the Bears' 5% chance of winning the NFC North because I guess they didn't uh, make the experts look right. That is a big thing. I – I feel the Bears have a decent chance to make the playoffs. I think the North, I don't know. I don't want I don't want to give it away. Like I'm not like I I don't even think that the Packers will sweep them this season because I'm, you know, I'm a lunatic or whatever. But I love David Moore. Just bringing that up. I'm like, oh yeah, I, I kind of forget sometimes. I'm like, David Moore is a good player. And I know this, you know, just from fantasy and everything too. Just like he can play and he's he can be very productive. And he was playing with Tyler Lockett, who gets a you know gets a lot of targets and it was tough for him to kind of break through but David Moore was a quality receiver good guy to have in the room so I love that pick as well so I'm I'm a little bit I'm with you not a little bit I'm with you I'm with you all the way on that by the way want to remind everybody Thursday Clay Harbor is going to be joining us if you're a fan of the bachelor if you're a fan of that helps no one you'll remember Clay Harbor so he's going to be joining us on Thursday he's a big Chicago guy he's going to come in chop it up with us by the way, if you're enjoying this show, make sure you just type in the word sick. Let us know that you're listening and uh, playing along. But we do have time for uh, at least one more question. I don't know. Brian gets fired up. And then you make him mad by bringing up the 5% thing. And I don't know if we'll have time Sorry. for it. But no, no, no please. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, with over, what is it, $50 million in dead cap space, it's hard to build a great roster. How much will scheme and Flues' culture help compared to the last coaching staff, which did not have a great culture. And uh, you can almost say that we don't even know what their scheme was after four years. I think this is one of the most overlooked um, and, and underappreciated parts of this offseason for the Bears is the change in culture that's coming to Hallis Hall. That's already come to Hallis Hall. Yeah. So that I can listen to Matt Eberflus talk about football in these press conferences for hours. And it's not necessarily because he's the wisest or most, or, you know, he's actually a very articulate guy yeah. um, and a very smart guy, but the difference in listening him talk compared to what Matt Nagy was like last year, where every week, especially during the regular season, it was this endless quest to find the wise behind what went wrong for the team. And this is where we're at right now. I mean, all the, the the space fillers for a guy that just didn't have the answers, right? Yeah, Ibraflus sure. clearly knows what it takes to build a program. 
He's a true football coach, the essence of the word, the way he describes his players and what he's looking for in his players, especially this time of year. And just the way he's even talking with the media, you can see he is, he has that teacher like approach and the best coaches usually have that core value of being great teachers. And he's bringing that to Hallis Hall, which that alone could be good for two or three more wins. And if yeah. this roster, while it's obviously undergone a major makeover, if that if the Bears team of 2021 was capable of six wins, <laughs> where Khalil Mack didn't play a lot of the season and Andy Dalton started six games and Matt Nagy was playing Madden, calling plays on the sideline, if that yeah. team could win six games with that mess of an org, uh, coaching staff. With a tougher schedule. Now you have – exactly, much tougher schedule. Now you have a head, a head coach who has – Built has been successful with his defenses and in, in good cultures where he's been in the past and is just clearly bringing fun back to the game. He, when he's talking, I can envision the old school Brian Urlacher, Lance Briggs, Charles Tillman, Mike Brown flying to the football and forcing turnovers. He's bringing that kind of mentality back to Bears football. And it's great to sign a big ticket wide receiver. And it's great to have that, that offensive tackle that you ink to a five- or six-year deal. But if you don't have the coaches or the organizational structure around talent, you're still going to lose a lot of games. So what the Bears have done this offseason, and again, it's why I think Ryan Poles is not getting the credit he deserves, is they are basically building the foundation of what hopefully will be a structure that, as he says, can sustain success. And that foundation is essentially the program. Who are the coaches? and the minds that are going to develop whatever talent comes to Hallis Hall. Those guys have to be really good at their job. And then if you get the bigger, stronger, faster guys on the roster in these developmental early phases, you're going to win some games. You're going to build momentum. So in year two, when the Bears have almost $100 million in cap space, that free agent is going to say, I want to be part of that program. I want to play with that quarterback. I want to play under that head coach. And that's why this year is going to be so important for that next step because the bears are going to be in a powerful position next off season to literally buy and spend and sign whoever they want. What's being overlooked, you know, Byron Pringle. Yeah, sure. He's not a household name wide receiver, but he might be an 1100 yard guy in an offense because Luke Getzey knows how to use him and Matt Eberflus get the best out of him as a head coach. So I, I think we are seeing a huge culture change in Chicago and just thank God. We never have to witness or hear another Matt Nagy press conference ever again. No more asking about the whys. Well, Brian, thank you so much uh, for being here tonight. Once again, the website is thebearstalk.com. Did I get that correct? So the Twitter handle is thebearstalk. The website right now is just bearstalk.com. Bears talk. Okay. I know back in the day when I did a website, I had to put the the in there. It was very annoying to me. Um, could never get the one thing, but I'm glad you were able to secure that. We'll make sure that everybody's looking out for that. A lot of cool stuff coming down the pipe. We do appreciate you. I know that you'll be back at some point in the future. So Brian, thank you so much for being here. Thanks so much, Adam. It's always a great time. Oh, it's my pleasure. And uh, there he goes, the great Brian Perez. Make sure that you follow the new site, be an active participant in it. And uh, you know what? That's the better side of Bears fans. Go out there, exchange some ideas read some great quality content, and of course, follow him on Twitter as well. want to thank him for being here. Thanks to all of you 
uh, for being here as well. We saw that we had a lot of comments and a lot of questions piled up. You know what? We're sorry. We're trying to get to those. We're two fired up guys talking about it. Hopefully we covered a lot of the same material, but there will be other opportunities uh, to join the show in the future. I want to remind you, Clay Harbor will be here on Thursday. Carmen Vital will be here next week. I don't know if we figured out which day she's going to drop in Tuesday or Thursday. She will be here. There's a couple other players that I'm going to be working on trying to get them onto the podcast as well. I know Kari was great last week. If you haven't listened to that show yet, I implore you to go do that right now. But once again, thank you. We will see you Thursday. And Sammy, why don't you go ahead and play us out as we bear down. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the Sick Podcast with Adam Rank on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts.